0: and welcome back to the serious talk podcast i am your host josh and welcome to this bonus episode bonus episode number one is going to be about my story and i don't want to dive deep into anything particular Uh, i really want to just kind of go, go over who i am where i came from where i'm going what god's doing with me just kind of show you guys that I am real. I'm, I'm human just like everybody else. I have my flaws. I have my failures. I put my pants on the same way everyone else does, one leg at a time. I'm human. I'm real. I'm genuinely me. And that's the whole purpose behind uh, the podcast is for us to be real with you guys. For us to be able to show you that you can still be a Christian even if you're flawed. You're still a Christian even if you mess up. Because God doesn't use perfect people. God doesn't use the people who think they have everything all together. They're all that in a bag of chips. God uses the people who are willing to be used. Who are broken and poured out before him. And speaking of which, I actually had a quote come up in my Facebook memories uh, a couple days ago. I shared this with Donnie. And I feel like this is a great way to kickstart this episode out. The quote said... You are not too dirty for God to cleanse. You are not too broken for God to fix. You are not too far for God to reach. You are not too guilty for God to forgive. And you are not too worthless for God to love. And for me personally, that really hits home. Uh, And I'll tell you why here in, in just a little bit. But I want to kind of go over my story and... Obviously, I'm going to curate it to an extent to let you guys hear what I want you to hear, but I'm not necessarily going to omit anything. Um, I just I want to go over the basics, um, and I want to kind of give you an overview of who I am and, and my upbringing, where I came from, and just kind of level with everyone. So, growing up, um, when I was about nine, ten years old, uh, I moved in with my dad, and my dad was big into... Um, IT. He worked for an IT company, so he was making good money as an application developer. So every weekend we were always going up to movies, we were playing video games, um, which was great. And for me, I absolutely loved that. Now, I have robot ADD, so I was on Ritalin for several years as a kid. Uh, and so for me, entertainment is a way for me to escape. Uh, you know, with ADD, I'm, I'm very hyperactive at times. I'm just different. (laughs) Not much of that has changed even to today. But growing up from K through 12, the exception of 9th grade because it was online, literally every single day I was bullied. Bullied on the school bus going to school. Bullied at school. bullied, Bullied coming home from school. So for me, things like video games, they were an escape. They were a way for me to just break free from the reality of life. And so I loved it. When I was living with my mom up until the point I was about 10 before I moved in with my dad, we would visit my dad's house every weekend. And, you know, there is an exception here or there, but for the most part, every weekend. And we loved it. We got to go over, like I said, watch movies, play video games. And my dad, once I started getting a little bit older, started taking us to church, started introducing us to church and to God and I remember one weekend in particular being at his apartment he took me and sat me down on the couch and he put in this VHS tape into the VCR and I'm telling you what that's uh, that's dating myself right there but you know when this video turned on couple people came on the screen and they asked the question if you were standing before God right now what would you say to let him let you into heaven and you know that was really the beginning of my faith journey. We had kind of read the Bible a little bit. My dad was trying to instill some of that into us. As we went to Sunday school, they talked about God. So, you know, I had a premise, but I never understood religion. I never understood Christ. I never understood what all this was about. And when my dad showed this video to me and they asked that question, I couldn't come up with an answer. You know, as a kid, I'm, I'm 10 years old, I haven't really done anything wrong, I don't have any secret sin, I don't have anything going on in my life, so what what is there for me to repent of, what is there for me to to justify to get me into heaven, I'm a good person, you know, I was giving my my pence here and there, my, my pennies as I had them to the offering plate, you know, I went to church on Sundays, there wasn't really anything crazy that I have done uh, up to this point, and so my dad showed me through the Bible and with this this video tool um, he showed me how I was a sinner and he showed me how to repent of my sin and he showed me how to come to the knowledge of Christ as my Lord and Savior and that's something me and Donnie will talk about uh, in a future episode in a lot more detail um, for now I don't have time to be able to get into that unfortunately but my dad that was my real introduction to, to Christ and to religion. And I took that and applied it to my life. And it was a situation for me where as I started to get older, I started to really figure out who God was for me. Uh, I was turning about 11, 12 years old. And at about this time, going through public school system, you know, I started hanging out with some people who they were also getting a little bit older and teenage boys, preteen boys, with hormonal problems tend to get themselves into trouble and for me part of that trouble was pornography Um, I was introduced to it at an early age just due to some of the people I I hung out with and it was one of those besetting sins of mine that really stuck with me Uh, part of that was being the ADD certain things I can get addicted to um, whether it was video games or whatever can help fixate me on escaping reality and giving me satisfaction. And and that was pornography for me. Uh, that was my besetting sin growing up. And that was even into my young adult life, uh, to be quite uh, transparent about it. So growing up, you know, I'm turning about 13, 14. And the particular style of church we started going to after I moved in with my dad was a part of this thing called the IFB movement, the Independent fundamental Baptist movement and I'm not here to bash them by any means but I want to kind of touch base on that some of the the sermons that we would listen to some of the youth conferences and youth rallies we would go to these preachers would get up, these so-called men of God and they would get up there on the pulpit and they would bash the pulpit with their fists and they would yell and scream and spit And they would tell you that you're a reprobate if you're not serving God with your whole heart, if you're not dressing this way, if you're not talking this way, if you're not acting this way. And for me as a kid growing up, with ADD especially, I would get hooked on certain things. And for me, for some reason, this was one of those things I fixated upon. I I don't know why I couldn't tell you, but I did. And so for me, growing up, about 13, 14 years of age, this stuff was just being absorbed and being absorbed. And I took this, and and God used it in a way to give me this thing that we call a call to preach. And with this call to preach, what it really means is God has called me to take the Bible, and from cover to cover, preach it, line upon line, precept upon precept speaking the whole counsel of God, not just what these IFB preachers were doing, not just taking a verse and using it to back up a point that I want to make. No, 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 no. God was using me in a way to understand the Bible and be able to preach and deliver what God had to say for what the Bible says, not for what man says, not for what tradition says, not for what standards say, for what God says. And so that call to preach for me was really evident in my life. It was something that was really a burning passion, a burning desire. And I took that with me up until I was about 19 years of age. And I had preached in my church a couple of times. We had different events that would come up where I was able to speak. And I loved it. It was something I knew for a fact 100% God had called me to do. And I turned about 19 years of age. It was looking at going off to Bible college and this particular Bible college I was looking at, uh, unfortunately their tuition rates had just raised. And me at the time being senior in high school working at McDonald's, I was not making nearly enough of what I needed to have enough stored, set aside to go into this thing debt free. And I also at the time was learning about Dave Ramsey. I was taking financial courses in high school. And so for me, I didn't want to go into college with debt and I didn't want to graduate with debt, especially if I was going to be a pastor. Uh, that's that's a, not a career field you go into to make a lot of money, and I certainly didn't want to put myself at a deficit from the beginning. So I, I took this time, and I took a year off after I graduated high school to be able to go and just study God and study myself and really just put money aside. And my dad said, well, hey, if you're not going to college, well, you're going to start paying rent. And I said, uh, no way. Jose, Uh, and I kind of hit the road, Jack, and I didn't look back for about 10 months, and I'm telling you, that was the worst decision I have ever made in my entire life. You know, when you're 19 and 18 and 20 years old, you think you got the world at your fingertips. You think you're invincible. You think you know everything, and you know what's best, and let me tell you, friend, that that is so far from the truth. And I wish somebody would have relayed that to me. I wish somebody would have got it through my thick skull. But unfortunately, I was stubborn, I was ignorant of a lot of things, and I was very prideful and arrogant in a lot of ways. And so I said, you know, I know what's best for my life. And if I'm going to pay rent, I'm going to do it on my terms. So I went out and got my own apartment. And many of you probably know the story of the prodigal son. And I. I don't know how good I can make him look, but I make him look pretty clean compared to what I got involved with. Uh, You know, when you're living on your own and you have these negative influences around you and you don't have a godly influence anymore because you step yourself away from church and you step yourself away from God and you step yourself away from family who's being this positive influence, all you have is the world and the world is telling you and pushing these things into you like sex sex is the number one biggest money-making scheme in the globe you look at pornography its its what is pornography if you look at the definition its perverting an image or perverting a video and that's what it is and for me again you know this is something I dealt with growing up And when I carried this over, uh, even into my own adult life, I moved out. And what am I going to do? I'm living on my own. I've got these influences telling me how great sex is and how great drugs are and how great alcohol is. And thankfully, I took my dare pledge at elementary school pretty seriously. I've never touched a drug a day in my life. Now, alcohol, though, um, I had some influences in my life back then who, even before I was 21, uh, they were telling me how great these drinks were and how great this and that was, and so they would uh, they would secretly you know buy these for me and, and pass them off. And so you know I started drinking alcohol when I was nineteen and twenty years old, and I started getting involved with um, you know promiscuity. Uh, I think that's the word prom promiscuous promiscuity. I'm looking that up right now. Promiscuity. Definition. Um... Yeah, promiscuity. That's 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 it. I started getting involved with a lot of this promiscuous lifestyle. You know, I started and that's the problem with things like pornography. Pornography changes people. It rewires the brain because it's it's like those people who wake up and say, "Hey, I need my morning coffee before I can function." That coffee's an addiction to them. If they don't get it, their day is going to be messed up. They're going to have a headache. They're going to have these withdrawal effects. And pornography does it to people. Pornography is, is one of the biggest reasons our teens and, and our young men, and even women. I know women deal with this, and it's not as talked about. It's not as as, as you know, forthcoming as it should be. But... It, it affects everybody, men, women, boys, and girls. It rewires the brain and it transforms the way you think and it transforms the way you look at people and it transforms what your body needs and what your body wants and what it craves. And you start sexualizing things and you start objectifying people. And it's, 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 I, I don't even know the right word to describe how terrible it is. But that's what it does. And it leads you into these lifestyles and it leads you into these doing things that you never would have dreamed you would ever do a day in your life. And you know, that's what sin does. There's a quote that says, sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. And it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And I cannot even begin to describe how true this is. And so as a young man, 20 years, coming up on 21 years of age, I'm, I'm living this lifestyle the way I want to live it. I'm listening to the music I want to listen to. I'm dressing the way I want to dress. I'm talking the way I want to talk. I'm using foul language. I'm taking God's name in vain. Because when you grow up in the IFB movement, um, they, they basically take away and strip you of your freedom. Because if they can control you, and they can control what you do, where you go, how you act, then they can raise you to be who they need you to be, to be a pulpit puppet. And they take you as this puppet, and then they go and they have you go out to Bible college, and they have you go start a church, and then you take this church, and you start raising more more puppets, and, and on and on it goes. And that's not just the IFB movement. you know. There's, there's other uh, denominations that will do that. But it's, unfortunately, that's just where I got caught up at. So I get this freedom, this newfound freedom, and I am living life to the fullest extent that I possibly could live life. And in this time, I have two good friends, Donnie, who is my co-host here on the podcast, and Isaac. Um, and initially, back in high school, funny enough, Isaac and I and Donnie were doing these serious talk episodes. And with Donnie and I kind of touched base on that the first episode, so I won't, I won't rehash that. But, you know, both of these guys were great friends, my best friends. And I'm out living life, partying, having the time of my life, or so I thought. But deep down inside, I was truly, truly miserable. And I couldn't tell you why. There was just a void in my heart. It was a God-shaped void. But I didn't know that at the time. And these two friends of mine were checking up on me. They're sending me messages. They're calling me. And they ended up actually going to my pastor. And my pastor, I'm at a new church at this point. And they're talking to my pastor. My pastor's relaying these messages to me. My pastor's checking up on me. And my pastor invited me out to lunch one day. And we sat down at a McDonald's. And we're sitting there talking. And he's like, he, he's just telling me about how good God is. And how much God loves me. And that's not something I've ever heard. Growing up, I always, you know, had these standards and these convictions that I could never meet. I could never raise myself up to. They were impossible standards to reach. And so I get involved in this lifestyle because if I'm going to be stuck living this life, I don't want to be doing it on somebody else's terms. I want to do it on my terms. Until I found out that God loved me. Until it was truly made known to me that God wants to use me. And I've never heard that before. I've heard that God wants to use you if you'll do this. God wants to use you if you live like this. I've never heard God be described as a loving God who wants to use me for who I am not for what I can be but for who I am in the flesh right here right now and at this point I'm already broken and I'm 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 damaged and I'm I'm at a point my pastor's talking to me about this and I'm just like I'm not good enough I've messed my life up I am a true definition of the prodigal son and my pastor says that's exactly exactly why you need to be here It's exactly why you need to be in in a good church It's exactly what I'm trying to pinpoint to you and tell you about is that God loves you because he loves who you are he didn't create junk he didn't create anything that was garbage yes we mess our lives up but God still loves us and that was truly life-changing for me and that is what really got me to understand that it's not about a religion it's about a relationship with Christ. And I started actually getting involved with church. And when, he, when my pastor talked to me about this, he invited me to come back, invited me to come check out the church and see where we're at and what's going on. And so I did. And God really started speaking to me again. And not audibly in that sense, but he really started showing himself true in my life again in a way that I'd never seen happen before. I started getting involved in church, and at the time, uh, I was working security, and so I was doing, it was depending on the shift, on the day, I was working third shift, typically, but I would get off work, especially on Sundays, and we were at a banquet center at the time, and I'd go help set up this banquet center, and I would just get involved, and I would let God use me where I could be used, because remember, you're never too far out of God's reach. You're never too broken, and God started really working in my life from that day forward, you know, fast forward a few years, I'm still, I'm, I'm living at home again at this point. I, I got out of my apartment and I came back home for some medical reasons. And I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm serving God, but not to the capacity that I want to. I want to be used more for God, but I'm still controlled by this thing called pornography, my besetting sin. And it wasn't until I was turning about 24, 25 years old when I was introduced to another friend. His name is Ethan. And Ethan was just an influence for me in a way that not a lot of people can be. You see, Ethan lives out uh, not anywhere near me. He's a couple hundred, almost a thousand miles away from me. And, uh, but Ethan and I became good friends through a uh, Facebook group. And, and Ethan and I started talking and we started making some mutual friends. And we actually started becoming a, a moderator for this, uh, this meme group on Facebook. And it was just fun. It was fun and games. It was Christian memes. And we were just having fun with what was going on. But we were building friendships. And we were building that unity. And I came to Ethan and I was like, man, I'm I'm struggling with this. And I don't know how to overcome it. And I don't, you know, I want to be used by God. I want God to transform my life. And this isn't something I can do on my own. I need somebody to help hold me accountable. And that's exactly what he did. And Ethan had some resources that were very beneficial, very helpful for me. Not just that, but just being an accountability partner and just being there. And I'm so thankful to God that he gave me this friend who helped me overcome these struggles. But then fast forward just a little bit. I start dating this girl and we dated for, for a few years up until earlier this year. And back in February, you know, we're dating, it's going, it's two years going on three, everything's great, everything's perfect, there's not, you know, not anything going wrong. Everything is perfect. Or so I thought until she came up and said, hey, we need to stop. We need to cut this off. And I was devastated. I was heartbroken. And for her, she just... The only response she could give to me was that she didn't love me that way anymore. And I'm telling you, what, as a kid who grew up being bullied, as a kid who grew up with certain traumas that I, I can't really talk about right now, I don't have time. Uh, it's something we might get into later. But with some of the trauma that I went through as a kid, and with the way that my mind doesn't process things properly, I took this and I literally took it to heart and my whole life shattered before me you know I'm making progress I'm growing in Christ uh, or so I thought but then I get hit with this news and immediately I go to thinking I'm not good enough immediately I'm thinking I'm not worthy to be loved by anyone I'm too broken and too damaged to be loved by anybody How could anyone, how could God let this happen? If God even loved me, why is this happening? But you see, friends, it was God doing this all along. God loved me so much that he let me go through this heartbreak period to show me just how far I was getting from him. Because you see, what happens when you get in a relationship is you start investing more and more and more of your time in this person. And for me, especially with the trauma that I went through, I seek my validation from people. And I realize that's an unhealthy thing to do, and I'm working on that. And the problem is that up until this point, I never truly loved myself. And see, how can you love a God when you can't even love yourself? How can you love somebody else when you can't even love yourself. And so God took this heartbreak and he showed me, I don't know who I am anymore. He showed me I'm not spending time with him anymore. I've put him on a back burner and I've devoted myself and my time and my life to this person, this person who I thought I was gonna marry and spend the rest of my life with. And God showed me, hey, no, 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 no. He said, it's, it's time. It's time. It's going to hurt. This is going to be painful. But it's time for us to take this hammer and this chisel and to start working on you and start chipping out some of this stuff. And it's time to start working and, and, and molding you back into my image. You've had your fun. You've had your fill long enough. It's time for you to get serious and get on fire for me again. It's time for you to understand who the creation is and who the creator is. And God took that experience and and he let me be broken and he let me be spilled out to the point where I truly thought there's no purpose in me living anymore. I was so depressed. I was getting these suicidal tendencies and these suicidal thoughts. I didn't think there was a reason to keep going. I thought a permanent solution to a temporary problem was the answer. And I'm so thankful that I did not follow through with that. I'm thankful for people like Donnie and Ethan who were calling and checking up on me, who were praying with me, who were holding me accountable. Because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here today. But God knew exactly what I needed. And God knew just when I needed it. God showed me just how much he loved me in that moment. And friends, let me tell you, if we're ever going to be anything for God, if we're ever going to be anything for somebody else, we have to love ourselves first. We can't love our spouse like Christ loved the church if we can't even love ourselves. We can't be who our helpmeet needs us to be if we can't be who we need for ourselves. And we certainly can't be who God wants us to be if we don't even know how to be our own person. You see, the church gets it mixed up. The church teaches you that your identity needs to be in Christ and Christ alone. And that's true to an extent. But we're still human. We're still individuals. God gave us a free will because he wanted us to be our own people with our own identities who chose to love him and chose to serve him because we willingly wanted to. God didn't make us robots for a reason. And I'm so thankful and I'm grateful that God chose to use me and chose to love me, that he gave himself for me. He saw something in me and he sees something in you too. God wants to use you. He wants to do great things with you. He truly does. You're never too far gone for God to reach you. You're never too broken or invaluable. God doesn't make junk. God loves you. God is there for you. And God never, ever wants you to think that you don't have worth or you don't have purpose. That's my story. My story is to show you that it doesn't matter what you do or where you go, God is still willing to reach out even when you're in that pig pen, living your life in the filth. God is still willing to pull you out of there and dust you off and put you back and restore you. Yeah, you may not be able to be restored back to a certain position where you were, but that doesn't mean God still can't use you to do great and mighty things for him. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to take you and he wants to transform you. God wants to get glory out of your life. God wants to use you to do great and mighty things. God loves you. And God loved me so much that he pulled me out of my sin. He helped me get rid of my besetting sin. He helped me get rid of those bad habits and those bad friends and those bad influences. And he helped pull me back to him. He showed me that he loved me through people like my friends and through people like my pastor. And I want to be that example for you. I want to show you that God loves you too and that God wants to be there for you. I wanna show you that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, God is always there, right there with you. And God wants to use you. God loves you and God is proud of you. And God doesn't make junk. That's my story. That's my background. Now I'm a simple plumber. I don't do anything crazy, I don't do anything fancy, I put fixtures together, I lay pipe for for buildings, I help cut out and restore piping. You know, I don't do anything crazy or fancy. God is using me, a stupid plumber. God can use anybody, especially if he can use me. God can take anybody and do great things with them, especially if he can do that with a plumber like me. You see, it doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter what your title is or how wealthy or famous. It doesn't matter where you are in life. God wants to use you. He just needs you to be willing. I pray that I was able to be a help for you tonight. I pray I was able to be a light and an example for Christ and to demonstrate and show his love. And that's all we want to do here on the Serious Talk podcast. Yeah, we're going to have conversations like this. It's going to be a little bit harder to digest. It's going to be a little bit more meat and potatoes to eat and to dwell on. You may have to go back through and listen to the episode again. But our purpose, our mission, our drive, while yes, we want to have fun, is we want to point people to Christ. We want to show people that Christ is real, and Christ wants to use you too. And I hope I was able to demonstrate that tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever it is that you're listening to this from. just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my story. And if there's anything that I said that I need to be called out on, because this goes for me too, not just when me and Donnie are making episodes. If I said anything that's wrong, I want you to call me out on it. If I said anything that was inappropriate, let me know so I can address it and correct it. Uh, we've got our Facebook page going. And uh, we actually have a website now. Uh, it's We're working on it. We're actually trying to shift it over somewhere else, funny enough. Um, but we're trying to get a custom domain going. And in the process, um, we actually have a temporary website up. If you go to our Facebook page, uh, I believe it's facebook.com slash Serious Talk Podcast. It should bring you up to our Facebook page. And you can find the website link there because it's some crazy long address. So I'm not going to give it to you now. But thank you so much again for listening. I hope I was a help, and if I can do anything for you, please let me know. Without further ado, I'm Josh. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, this week's bonus episode of the Serious Talk Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>